It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 808 for the 2nd of September, 2022. This week, Mozilla's Thunderbird email client version 102 has been released with important user interface updates, security measures, and improved features. If you haven't looked at Thunderbird in the past few years, now would be an excellent time to do so. In short circuits, teen usage of Facebook has dropped substantially in the past five years, and even Meta recognizes that this is just the beginning of a precipitous decline. Since the very beginning, Kindle devices have been unable to read EPUB files. Later this year, the Kindle Documents service will be able to convert EPUB files to AZW3 files. That means users can load these books onto their Kindles. And 20 years ago, only on the website, in 2002, Apple released the first major upgrade for OS X, Jaguar. Version 10.0 was barely functional. Version 1.1 helped, but it wasn't until version 10.2 that the operating system began to show its capabilities. Thunderbird users who have set the email application to install updates automatically may have noticed some changes recently. These aren't revolutionary changes, but they do give Thunderbird a more modern interface and a lot of useful new features. Not to sound like an old TV commercial, but the new Thunderbird has been completely restyled for 2022. All right, maybe that's a little too much excitement. The first change I noticed was colorful icons beside folder names. This might seem like an insignificant change, but user experience designers know that color can impart useful information. Previously, the icons were monochrome. The colors communicate faster. If you're a Thunderbird user, check to see which version you're running by selecting Help About Thunderbird from the menu. Any number higher than 102 will indicate that you're using the most recent release. When the current version is not the latest version, Thunderbird will offer to install the current version. Some people use Outlook because it comes with Microsoft 365, or because it has a built-in calendar, or because it looks more up-to-date than competing email programs. Thunderbird 102 goes a long way to address those issues. The look is more modern. I've always considered Thunderbird easier to set up and maintain than Outlook, and now it can be easily connected to your Google Calendar. There have been extensions that tried to connect Thunderbird to Google Calendar, but they were difficult to set up, hard to maintain, and they didn't even work very well. Syncing the Google Calendar with Thunderbird now is built into Thunderbird. And it's dead simple. So simple, in fact, that I initially failed to set it up correctly because I tried to make the process harder. Start with File, New, Calendar, and select On the Network. On the next panel, provide your Google username. Thunderbird will automatically fill in google.com in the location field, so leave that alone. Make sure offline support is selected, and then click Find Calendars. You'll be asked to provide your Google username and password. And if you set up two-factor authentication, you'll have to confirm your request. And that's it. 
The calendar displayed in Thunderbird will exactly match your Google Calendar, and full two-way synchronization is included. Any changes made in one location will be reflected in the other. You can also choose to have Thunderbird display alerts or silence them. The address book has also been given a complete makeover, and entries can be for individuals with one or more email addresses or for multiple individuals in groups. Several people I know have more than one email address, and all of these can be added to a single entry so I can select which email address to use when I compose a message. I also have a family history email group that's composed of several family members who participate in a genealogy project. Selecting the group sends a single message to everyone in the group. I like the overall look of the new Thunderbird. Icons on the left edge of the application open tabs for email, contacts, calendar, tasks, and chat. Once you've opened a tab, the tab will open each time Thunderbird starts up, unless you close the tab. My preference is to have mail, calendar, and the address book tabs all open by default. I mentioned the colorful icons previously, and it surprises even me how much more up-to-date Thunderbird appears after this tiny change. Choosing the vertical view option causes any selected message to appear in a panel at the right of the message list. If you have linked a calendar to Thunderbird and enabled the Today pane, the calendar entries will appear in a column at the far right. The tabs at the top can be arranged in any order the user prefers. Just drag them around. By default, Thunderbird shows basic information about a message's source, but activating View Headers All provides more detailed information. I like being able to see the full routing headers, too. That information can be helpful when you're trying to determine whether a message is legitimate or a fake. Outlook makes it difficult to see even the most basic routing information. Thunderbird makes it easy to see the detailed routing information and the entire source code of the message if you want. Select a message, choose View Message Source from the menu, or press Ctrl-U. That feature alone could make Thunderbird my favorite email client. The Add-ons and Themes option on the Tools menu has three tabs, one for extensions that Mozilla recommends, another for all extensions, and a third where the user can specify a theme. Four extensions are essential to the way I use Thunderbird. Unicodify performs automatic corrections, such as replacing typewriter quotes and apostrophes with typographic entities. Because I prefer to use typographic characters even in email, this extension is essential, even though it really can't be considered particularly important. Send Later saves embarrassment. Thunderbird now reminds users automatically if it thinks you intended to include an attachment but didn't. That eliminates what was for me an all-too-common problem, sending a message and then realizing a second later that I hadn't included the attachment. But it's also not particularly uncommon for me to finish a message, send it, and immediately remember, oh, there was one more important point that I forgot to include. The Send Later extension lets me choose a number of minutes to delay the transmission. I found two minutes to work well. In an urgent situation, it's easy to bypass the delay. The third, Mail Merge, collects information from a file and performs an email merge that can send personalized messages to each recipient and even add a unique attachment to each message. And the fourth, Manually Sort Folders. It lets me arrange the email folders in whatever order I want them. By default, Thunderbird sorts the folders of an account alphabetically. 
but I like to have templates, drafts, and sent near the top of the list. Ideally, this is a function that will eventually be included as part of Thunderbird, but the extension makes it easy to move folders around right now. Message filters aren't new to this version of Thunderbird, but I consider them essential because the filters can apply to both outbound and inbound messages. Thunderbird is far easier to set up than Outlook is and always has been. After the mail account setup wizard accepts your name, email address, and password, it attempts to determine the appropriate settings for the account. If you have an uncommonly complex arrangement, such as using one service for inbound messages and another for outbound messages, you'll probably need to perform some manual configurations. But then again, if you have such an arrangement, you doubtless know what the settings should be. For everybody else, Thunderbird typically gets everything right the very first time. The search function in Thunderbird has been improved. It contains filtering and timeline tools to locate the exact message you're looking for. Thunderbird also indexes emails and chat conversations for faster searching. Search results are displayed in a tab so you can easily switch between the results and other messages. Oh, and speaking of chat, Thunderbird can interface with IRC, Matrix, XMPP, and Adno Klaskiki chat servers. But there's more. If you belong to any news groups, you can add them to Thunderbird. Blogs and RSS news feeds are also supported. Thunderbird automatically blocks remote images in email messages as a security feature. Users can whitelist specific senders so that images will be displayed. Phishing protection is included. You'll see a warning if Thunderbird thinks you've received a scam message. And if you click a link that appears to be taking you to a different website than the one indicated by the URL, you'll see another alert. So the bottom line for Thunderbird, five cats. Thunderbird is no longer almost the best email client. Thunderbird for 2022 brings the email application fully into the current decade with an improved user interface excellent organizational and security tools, a fully integrated calendar, and an excellent address book. Support for news groups, chat, and RSS feeds make it even better. If you're still using any other email application, maybe now would be a good time to take a look at Thunderbird. You'll find additional details on the Mozilla Thunderbird website. There is a link, of course, from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, is Facebook now just for old people? The rate of change seems to exceed the rate of progress. Maybe it's been that way for a while now, but change is constant and progress seems to be questionable. Take Facebook, for example. Eight years ago, 71% of teens used Facebook. Today's teens are abandoning Facebook and only about 32% use it. Instead, teens now use YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. 
We've been through this before, more than once. A decade or two ago, teens abandoned email, calling it instant messaging for old people. For the same thing to be happening to Facebook must be worrisome for Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook's board of directors. It happened even earlier with newspapers. Few people under 60 read printed versions of newspapers, and that number approaches zero for teens. The only reason I won't claim it is zero is the possibility that some teenager somewhere on the planet actually does read a newspaper. And if you have as much trouble as I do with concept, maybe reviewing the generations would be helpful here. We have baby boomers, born between 1946 and 1964. Generation X or Gen X members between 1965 and 1980. Generation Y, also referred to as millennials, they were born from 1980 to 1996, maybe. There is some disagreement here over where Gen Y ends and Gen Z begins. There's Gen Z, these were folks born between 1997 and 2017, or maybe 1997 and 2012. And seemingly, just to confuse the situation further, some people have started calling those born after 2012, or 2017, Generation A. The names of these generations make every bit as much sense as Windows version names. Windows, Windows 2, Windows 3, NT, 95, 98, 98 Second Edition, 2000, ME, XP, Vista, 7, 8, oops, skip 9, 10. That was supposed to be the last version of Windows, but now we have 11, and 12 is on the way. So, in terms of technology for these various generations, boomers seem to like traditional media, newspapers, magazines, radio, television, but about 90% of boomers have Facebook accounts. Gen Xers do read newspapers and magazines, they listen to the radio. Some research shows that they spend more time per week on Facebook than any other group. Then we have Millennials, Gen Y. They rarely read newspapers, and although they do watch television, the preference is Netflix, YouTube, and other streaming media. These are people who grew up with today's high-tech and are comfortable with both computers and mobile devices. And Gen Z members, they spend around three hours a day using a smartphone. The average age for a Gen Zer to receive a smartphone is 10.3 years, so electronic gadgets are as familiar to them as is air. The Pew Research Center says teens in the U.S. are abandoning Facebook in favor of TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. The report, which you'll find a link to on the TechMatter Worldwide website, says Gen Z internet use is up, but Facebook usage is rapidly declining. Only 32% of teens aged 13 to 17 use Facebook at all. In 2015, that number was 71%. As a bona fide member of the Boomers clan, I can confirm that I spend a significant amount of time on Facebook to keep up with friends and family and for information from organizations. Teens may associate Facebook with their parents, something the old folks use. Anyone who has ever been a teenager knows that you probably won't want to use what your parents use. Documents leaked by Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen shows that Facebook is aware of the challenge. Internal research last year revealed that teen usage had dropped 13% since 2019 and projected the decline would be 45% by 2024. Pew's figures put TikTok usage at 67% among teens, Instagram at 62%, and Snapchat at 59%. 
Fortunately for Zuckerberg and company, Instagram is a part of Meta. But ominously, TikTok has gone from nothing to 67% in less than five years. And then there's YouTube. 95% of teens use YouTube for videos and for music. Pew's research surveyed 1,316 teens and included additional questions about how often they use the individual apps. Nearly one-fifth of the respondents said that they use TikTok almost constantly. Just 2% said that about Facebook. Kindle ebook readers are handy. They're reasonably priced, they work well in both bright and dark areas, but they don't work with books in EPUB format. At least they haven't until now. Amazon uses a proprietary format, AZW3, for Kindle books. Some libraries can provide ebooks in Kindle's format, but EPUB is the more common, and there are thousands and thousands of copyright free books available in EPUB format. These couldn't be used on Kindle readers. That will change later this year when the Kindle Documents Service will be able to convert EPUB files to AZW3 files. Support will be dropped for the old AZW files and for Mobi files. Any books you have in those formats will still work, you just won't be able to add any new ones. So, at long last, Amazon's book readers will be on par with those from other vendors in being able to use the most common ebook format. This feature isn't entirely new. EPUB files could be converted to other formats by applications such as Calibra, but the resulting files still had to be transferred manually to the Kindle device. Now all of that will happen automatically. For now, I'll stick with the reader applications on my tablet. Using a device I already own means having one fewer item around the house. I bought one of the first Kindle readers prior to 2010 and loved it for its entire lifetime. Long battery life, great monochrome display, but the closed proprietary system was an annoyance. If you already own a reader from Barnes & Noble or Kobo or somebody else, or if you use a smartphone or a tablet to read books, there's no compelling reason to buy a Kindle based on its new ability, but it's at least nice to see that Amazon has finally seen the light. You won't need an ebook reader to check out 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In 2002, Apple released the first major upgrade for OS X, Jaguar. Version 10.0 was barely functional. 10.1 was a little better, but it wasn't until version 10.2 that the operating system really began to show its capabilities. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. <music>